Hello and welcome to Masters of Our Domain, a podcast which is allegedly about Seinfeld. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. And this week, uh, to talk about to talk about Seinfeld, supposedly for the first time ever, um, we are joined by a very special guests all the way from down under. It's Michael Hink. Hello, hello, Milo. Hello, uh, hello, Phoebe. How are you both? Thank you for having me on your podcast. But we're we're, we're, we're both very well. Um, I'm I'm I don't Insofar have my as we usual. Can be, we're podcasters. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, so <laughs> I, I understand you are mentally unwell and are depressed. Obviously, it's <laughs> um, a meaningful diagnostic tool. <laughs> like a therapist just asking how many podcasts you have now. Mm. Doesn't it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Where's your mm. where's where's your medical degree? We've talked about yeah. this. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, think, I'm a little you sad. Think the podcasts are going to fill a hole, but they won't. I'm a little sad that I don't have my usual array of chaos snacks. I have quite sensible snacks today. Oh, look at her. She's got yeah, a coffee um, and an orange We can see each other's juice. recordings, and you've got no, you've got no food at all. Um, I, I, have, I noticed that. I have oh, you've these. got something? I have some. I have what some is that? Chili and lime punchy nut mix. <laughs> Which is described as nutty protein power. Mm. From outside of uh, the United Kingdom, where you are, um, the stereotype from Australia is that the food in the in England or the UK or whatever is is amongst some of the worst in the uh, Western world. Um, that is tasteless and bland, and and that you should all should all be ashamed of your cuisine. Mm-hmm. And what you've held up there is so much more interesting than anything I would ever imagine come, to come out of Britain. Um, so in many ways, congratulations. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. What, what Britain loves is really, really like twee marketed like stuff. So that is a classic example of that. Where it's like, oh, it's a little, it's a little box of snacks. Oh, it's chili and lime. Oh, it's called Grays. Oh, do you want a little snack? Oh, but it's healthy. Oh yeah. Look, why don't you shut up? <laughs> why don't you shut up about my little snack? And <laughs> you shut the my, hell up. My understanding mm. is that mo- most of uh, the UK, like uh, you know, subsists on something called like you know, uh, Droolamon or something, and it's just sort of like doled out by the the conservative government. You know, once That's a fortnight. That's from know. Digimon. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Well, interestingly, um, there recently there's been like I'm guessing you must have this in Australia, but I don't know what the brands are. These companies where they send you the ingredients to make a meal, sure, however many sure, times sure. a week yes, you yes. want, right? So yes, there's one yes, here yes. called HelloFresh that's really popular, um, and I think it's, we have that here too. Yeah, sucks. Um, and uh, <laughs> recently, this new one launched, and they put up billboards all over London. And I can't even remember what it was called, but it was like a vegetarian one, and. Um, mm-hmm. Their billboards were all white, and then in huge black font, it just said, get more vegetables in your gob. And I'm like, I hate this so much. (laughs) I like this is called a a graze box, because it makes me feel like a kind of, like a nice goat. Yeah, Mm. like a nice cow in my field, Mm. eating my chili and lime. nut protein. Baked cashews. Yeah. yeah, that is right. Let's see what they're like. Mm-hmm. Have you got Have you got any snacks on the go, Michael? Oh, no, God, I don't. That's I have. Hor- that's um... horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's really horrible. So, is this the first time you've tried the the nut yeah, protein? No, 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 I, but, the chili and yeah, lime nut protein. I, I, every t- every time we every time we record, I um I always mm. like grab things compulsively off the shelf of the local shop, and like sometimes sure. like sometimes that works out well. Like the other day, we had passion fruit jaffa cakes. Oh yeah, those were. Those were good. really, really good, which I didn't uh-huh. expect them to be. And now I've got this absolutely fucking horrible, 
they don't even taste of like proper like like lime pickle. They taste of like artificial like sweet lime, like right. kind of like the kind of lime that's in pick and mix. Mm. Oh no! Yeah, well, you live by the snack, you die by the snack. Yeah, I've, I'm dying by the snack. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Milo's just tasted that, and his uh, face is is contorted. Uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. Really, I regret that's even trying that as a bit. That's oh. really, that's really disgusting. Oh, that's really unpleasant. Well, I paid one pound sixty for them, so I'm going to eat them. Fair play. We respect a thrifty yeah, take lady. Take out of the Patreon fund. That's right. Oh fuck me, Hogs! Right. You've paid for these. Yeah. In fact, you should. There should be a special tier to listen to Phoebe suffer through nuts. <laughs> We're suffering for your enjoyment. Um, the episode of Seinfeld we're gonna, we're going to attempt to discuss and probably not succeed mm-hmm. in doing so. Um, is season four, episode nine, the opera? If you're following along at home, the opera. Mm, yeah, that's right. Because it's this is a cultural show, okay? Where we talk about the big topics. <laughs> the opera. Uh, you can't see this, but uh, me, Phoebe, and Michael are all wearing big helmets with horns on them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've put mm-hmm. on like forty stone. Yeah. Um, yes. We're ready to go. I've got some blonde pigtails, um, oh, yeah. and I'm yeah, and I have a one of those um, sort of armored uh, corsets um, mm. yep. for for some like sort of Bugs Bunny esque titties. Oh, That's yeah. what I'm working with over here. I didn't know you had an OnlyFans, Michael. This is, um... <laughs> an opera themed OnlyFans. I think that's that's the greatest indignity of OnlyFans is is the fact that it is content creation, mm. and this is what people don't realize. People are like it's disgusting, it's pornography, and it's like no, no. What's really funny and it's embarrassing blogging. about OnlyFans is that, is that it's that, blogging. Yeah, is that every week they have to be like, uh, okay, this week I've dressed up as like a sexy bin man. I don't know, I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Can't just post another picture of my ass. It would be fu- it would it's be the funny. Churn. If- it's the churn that will really get you. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if like. If OnlyFans people were obliged to use the same kind of "oh, mm. did a thing" kind of language that like, <laughs> other content creators, huge personal news, guys. Yeah. This week, I'm dressed Here's as a my sexy butthole. light post. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this particular masturbation video was a real milestone for me. Um, <laughs> huge thanks to everyone in my team. Uh, <laughs> that's you I mean better that that's than the, the toxic culture of um, stand up comedy do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if, mm. if OnlyFans um, there was sort of like hack and non-hack OnlyFans users oh, yeah <laughs> open mic OnlyFans <laughs> <laughs> they're all just liking each other's posts like she's five just, people she's just, a, she's just a club OnlyFans girl she's never going anywhere <laughs> Yeah, you see the People thing is people paying 12 12,000 pounds or whatever to waste a month at the Edinburgh Sex Festival. <laughs> yeah. People will wank to her videos, but it doesn't really make them think or feel the anything. The Edinburgh you know. Minge Festival. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> you're right. Sorry, that was better. That was much better. I apologize. And this is why we have women on podcasts because they have the the neurons to make these jokes. Yeah. They know all of the different words for vagina. That's that's right. That's why yeah. I'm here. That is right. My feeble male brain unable to make those connections. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. For my Phoebe. vagina thesaurus. Phoebe knows words for vagina that you and I would would neither know nor recognize. Um, that's right. Some of them are inaudible to the human ear. Mm. <laughs> you know those hats they wear in the opera. You know they are not accurate Viking helmets. Yeah, yeah, I have heard this. And uh, a while ago, they had a re- they had a really really actually a minotaur fancy dress hat. That's right. They had a really good um, exhibition of like Anglo-Saxon helmets and stuff mm. in uh, at the British Museum, and they had this like kind of 
They had this sort of like set up thing they for like. They should return them to that peat bog where they belong. They should. They should just, <laughs> find, just find a Danish person and just give them a helmet. Just like, that's, that's yours, right. mate. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, what do I do with this? Um, yeah. And they had this like all like dotted around the room. They had like this sort of sort of special kind of associated material for like kids at the exhibition. And one of them was a kind of little kind of quiz wheel. So you like picked a question and then you kind of like pulled the wheel around to the right answer. And there are these two mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. who were like on the quiz wheel. And bearing in mind that this was this was recent. I was a I was an adult when this happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and they were and they were asked whether like wh- like what kind of helmet this was or like to like pick the Viking helmet or something sure, on this sure, quiz. Sure. And they obviously went for the one with the, you know, with the horns like they've seen on, yeah. like they've seen in cartoons. And uh, they got it wrong. And so I reached over their heads and pulled it around to the right answer. And then was just like, sorry, you know. <laughs> You stupid children. Sorry, that's... You know, uh... nothing. <laughs> I, I don't... I think I know the full context of this. Were you working at the museum as an employee at the time? No, or... no, I was no, just No, you were just a visiting. patron at the museum there to bully some children. The... Yeah, there mm. to bully some children. In fact, I waited for the exact time that I knew a school trip might be there just so that I can... <laughs> just so yeah. I could flex on some kids with my knowledge yeah, of... course, of those uh... notebooks were seized by Scotland Yard and now you are on our list. Um... <laughs> well, it's why I'm now a podcast because it's the only <laughs> career that will have me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoebe's only within 50 metres of your ears. That's right. Um, it's a loophole. <laughs> um, she can influence children at sort of arm's length. I am podcasting from prison. Mm. <laughs> PFP. It's a new, new outreach programme. You know you can do that. You can podcast from prison. Oh. That's how John Hinckley wow. has a YouTube channel. Oh, he's out, John Hinckley. Yeah, but he, he, I think he's out, isn't he? Yeah, but he started his YouTube channel in prison. Really? Yeah. I recently, and I, I'm, I'm probably, um, I guess he's, I guess no attempted murderer is a hero, but of all the people to kill, <laughs> you know. Yeah, sure. and, like, but, you know. I feel like I've got a certain amount Only of sympathy with John Hinckley. Only successful murderers are heroes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> John Hinckley but- is a hack. He's a wannabe. <laughs> He's a club murderer. <laughs> <laughs> He's an open he- mic murderer. I, um, I recently went through his Spotify and listened to some of his songs, mm. and you'd think with all that time in prison he would have gotten good at guitar or something, but he's, mm. he's not... He's actually not very. I mean, of course, what do you expect a, a you know a psychotic murderer to, or attempted murder, I should say, to be good? But his songs were his mu- music wasn't very good. Mm. Oh, attempted psycho John Hinckley becomes attempted uh, musician John Hinckley. <laughs> his trouble is he well, lacks follow ca- through. You can't catch a break. <laughs> mm. Life's about finding what you're good at, and he's not. He's not struck gold mm. yet. You know. True. Having said that, look, have I released an album on Spotify? No, I haven't. So maybe I should reserve judgment. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> your your music. I've also not attempted you know. to kill a president, so you know. Yeah. You know, zero from two on my on my behalf. You've got I've, well, I've stand-up never done, comedy I've never done anything out. for Jodie Foster. <laughs> mm. To my knowledge. I'd like to hang out with Jodie Foster though, maybe. Yeah, she seems okay. Probably in a less weird way than John Hinckley would want to hang out with Jodie Foster. Ideally. But, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty low bar, I think, for you to set for yourself. Yeah, to be fair. It's, I, like, I like to start with unambitious goals and go from there. See, Marlo's a feminist. He only wants to hang out with adult J- Jodie Foster. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. That is right. That is right. Does this episode open with a bit, Milo? It does open with a bit, yes. Um, it's a bit. Well, Jerry's talking about the tuxedo. I um, like this bit. I think this is a rare 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah saying, you know, we found a good uh, bet. Uh, women came up with the tuxedo because they're like men are all the same. We might as well dress them all the same, and it's useful because they at the wedding, you know, men are men are undependable. Uh, you just if the, if the groom doesn't show up, there's another guy in a tuxedo. Just like that's why it's do you take this man? I like that. I think that's good. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I laughed at that. I laughed at out. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a little chuckle. It's as we often say on this show that Jerry's bits are usually quite sort of like baroque, and it's hard to reverse engineer how he got there. Um, but mm. this is this is a rare occasion of just a fairly straightforward kind of McIntyre-ish observation. I will say that this um, that opening bit gave me high higher higher expectations for this episode, which were then unfulfilled. Because <laughs> um, uh, Phoebe, I don't know if uh, Marla shared this with you, but I I texted him just before and was like, I've just finished watching the ep. And it was, it has dated so poorly. That oh, really? Because oh, no, I, lo- no, I not- love this episode. Oh, really? See, I watched it. Yeah. It was so um, uh, taken aback by how, how poorly it had dated, in my, in my opinion, that I oh, became okay. convinced that this whole thing was a prank where you would invite people on to to talk about, like, risque, shitty comedy from, like, the 90s in a praising way or something and then ultimately get comedians around the world cancelled. That was where my paranoid brain went. You know what? That's not a bad idea. No, it would be. Mm. uh, Regrettably, I actually do really like this episode. Yeah, the End Your Career podcast. We're like Dignitas, but for comedy careers. (laughs) Which is a service that should exist, in my opinion. It should, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Just gently, no one will think any the less of you. Just you know, slip away. Just put the just put the headphones on. Put the headphones on and read these slurs out. Just into yeah. the microphone. <laughs> It'll be over so quickly. Um, I work at a I work at a radio station where there's a this this will come back to slurs in a second. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so a, glad to hear that. <laughs> I work at a, a radio station where um, we have, I think, like a lot of radio stations, you have like a text in line where people mm-hmm. can kind of like text you whatever they want. And and uh, until last year, there was no filter on the text line at all, no filter, right? So that meant that people could text in just the most psycho racist awful stuff and you would just because you're working on the show you just like it just runs through and you just see it all right mm-hmm. and you know obviously i'm not white so i you, you cop a lot of just insane mm-hmm. awful stuff mm-hmm. and uh we, there was this sort of like ongoing discussion at work about um <laughs> about why we should put a filter on this text line you know the, maybe certain people don't want to see certain slurs come to the text line or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, there was sort of this all staff meeting called and uh, one of the managers at the, at the radio station sort of, um, they were quite emotionally affected by some of the stories people were telling and were saying that they want to, that, that they were like, in a quite a nice way, they're like, we haven't done enough. We should implement this filter. It's wrong that you keep having to see, you shouldn't have to you know deal with this abuse at work kind of thing. And he was quite emotionally affected by it. And then I, um, I think in a, in a moment of real childishness was like, what kind of words do you want to ban? And he was like, <laughs> and he was like, oh, just just the racial slurs. I'm like, which which ones do you think are bad? Um, and goaded him into almost saying some really bad words on an all staff um, Zoom call. <laughs> and it was really funny watching the ones that were like borderline that he was comfortable saying, and the ones that were like definitely not that he wasn't allowed to say. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Now that is a that is that is a difficult. Uh, you know uh, that that's the like the woman looking at the trigonometry meme. 
where you're like, well, I'm, I'm only <laughs> saying this slur explicitly in the context of saying this is a word that we should have filtered out of the... Yes, but we all know <laughs> like, this Zoom call is being recorded. So, yeah. <laughs> a very difficult compliance meeting. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> about, mm. <laughs> I can't. Um, when I used to work at my university radio station, mm-hmm. we had a list of words on the wall that we were not allowed to say on mic, mm. um, and uh, and one of the words was literally both Jew and Jewish. And I was like, you you understand that these are not insults are in and of themselves. And they were like, what? oh, yeah, but you know how people say it. And I was like, no, tell me, how do people say it? <laughs> Wait, oh, so- how do people say it? Because there's, a, there's another way to view that, which is that they had a piece of paper on the wall that was just like, do not discuss the forbidden people. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> From a completely different God's forbidden people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but they're so good. It's the, the taboo, but they're so delicious. Oh, I want to talk about him. I want to talk about him. Oh, oh the hats. You just want to discuss him. But you can't. Just think about him all the time. <laughs> so that's sweet. Right. They give you diabetes. Yeah, that's right. They're <laughs> just like, we can't, we can't afford to upset the Jews. They control the radio network. But like in a very yeah. minimal way, only mm. at only at the nation's universities. Yeah, the whole like the Jews yeah. control the banks thing w- was it was kind of a telephone game type situation where sure. uh, actually it was just they controlled all the student radio stations, and then that got so exaggerated over time. Mm. Yeah, mm. but like all the other clear, words were slurs. Like all of them, <laughs> and they were and, like, and written out in full as well. Like they, they, there were no no asterisks, no no this word that word. Just absolutely just like a list of we slurs. We couldn't afford any non-clarity and there. And then just like at the bottom, just like oh yeah, no, you can't describe anyone as Jewish. And I was just like, okay, okay, this is fucking weird of you. This is weirder than the list of slurs on the wall. <laughs> A Jewish man who's been described as Jewish phoning up to complain on the basis of their outing him. <laughs> it's my decision. Did you know that, di- that diabetes used to be thought of as like a primarily Jewish condition? <laughs> what? By like, is yeah, this, it's like, what, no, it's what? true. This is like kind of, like kind of more like American medical racism. It was mm. thought that like, that, that it was like a kind of specifically... Like wow. specifically Jewish condition, like in like kind of like the like the nineteenth century, early twentieth century. Oh. Um, but yeah, it was sort of thought that you could not get it that if you were a gentile, you could not get diabetes. Well, the Americans have certainly gone on to prove that wrong. Well, we do like our snacks. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't, you can't, you can't say we don't like our snacks. <laughs> the ultimate monkey's poor hubris of like being like, yeah, we're finally going to prove the unanswer to the question of whether only Jewish people can get diabetes. I fast forward a hundred years. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this experiment is conclusive and yet still awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Harvard University now concludes the diabetes experiment. Uh, America not, will be wound down. It's not even the highest um, highest rate of worldwide diabetes, though, in America. That's, that's China. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, per capita. You, how do you have this um, knowledge on hand? Do you have an interest in diabetes? Or? Uh, no. She's I, very anti-China. Um, <laughs> she's a big China whore. I just have some feelings. I just have I'm a lot a, of I'm feelings a diabe- about I'm a uh, diabetes fixator. I, uh, like, I'm like just an enthusiastic amateur. Uh, 
like I, oh, I don't want to say that the reason is that I've been listening to a podcast about it, but it is. It's because I've been listening to a podcast Never about like, the, on your own like the history of like obesity and diabetes research. What, what sort of snacks do they have on the diabetes podcast? <laughs> now that's not clear. They never talk about their snacks, and I think that's a mistake. Yeah, they don't do a snack check mm. at the start should, of the there episode. Should, there should always be a snack check. Mm. Yeah, that would add a that would add a certain free son if like if you eat something too good, then you have to like inject yourself with some insulin halfway through the episode. When we were recording yesterday, I had the like absolute best kale snacks because it was like after four, so it was dark. Mm. And once witching it's, hour, once it's dark, you can start to drink. That's the rule. Sorry, it gets dark at four o'clock in England at the minute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. Oh. <laughs> it's the worst you thing need, in the you world. You need to do a trip to your ancestral oh. homeland of St Albans and check it out. <laughs> oh. Have a look yeah, at the I dark, don't, I think, lower, did we talk about that on mic? Sky. I don't know. Uh, did we talk about that on mic or, or pr- pr- no, we're talking, prior to the that, podcast? That was the, that was the pre-chat. But, yeah, uh, that was the pre-chat. Yeah, we can pre-chat. hear about I, that I, now. Uh, for, for listeners, I spent a bit of my youth in a place called St. Albans um, mm. that is apparently now fancy, but at the time was a bit of a shithole. Um, Anyway, you're all caught up now. <laughs> it would be very funny of you to do like a faux emotional Instagram post of you in St. Albans being like so emotional to reconnect <laughs> with my ancestors. <laughs> and just see how many what people you can get to go along with it. All I remember about it was that there was a disuse, like there was a sort of a vacant lot um, that we used to sneak into to climb around in. And there was a public library that where the librarian um, thought I was too young to listen to um uh, to to whether a, where a librarian thought i was too young to uh read asterix comics mm-hmm. uh milo's just left you see yeah no, <laughs> he's, he enough? he's no he's no, he's yeah, he's done he's done with you he's done with hearing about st albans fair he, enough he fair had enough. a very traumatic experience with this like kind of folkloric ghoul called the st uh, called st albans milf and so he's just he's just <laughs> out of here um he's just he's just taking a little phone call so we can oh sure we can, do you um do you guys continue. edit this at all oh or- yeah Sort of. Okay, good. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> so this is probably going to stay in. I won't lie to you. This is almost definitely going to stay in. Okay. Um, um, well, Milo is a light <laughs> touch regulator. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, he's very kind of laissez faire and liberal with uh-huh. liberal with the show. It uh, also is sort of t- 20 odd minutes, um, in 23 minutes into the podcast. Yeah. And we haven't. I feel like I've distracted me uh, us, us away a bit from, from the actual plot of the um. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then no, also, I suspect really that's maybe the, the whole podcast. Don't worry about that too much. Uh, that's uh, like honestly, twenty three minutes is like it's something of a record. Should we get on with talking about um, the episode? So this episode of Seinfeld. Mm. This episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. This episode of Seinfeld. Did. Which our guest does not like, even though he's wrong. Oh, okay. I think it's really <laughs> good. What, what was your What was your feeling? You know what? This episode just didn't didn't really leap out at me in any way. Really? Because um, there's a bit in it which, which when, because like, you know, I normally don't make notes because I've seen it so many times mm. that I just like watch it and just remind myself of the episodes. Yeah. The, I, on this occasion, I did actually make some notes and the notes just said mm. Milo basically every time it shows <laughs> Joe Tavola like crying and lifting weights near lots of pictures of Elaine. And I just like, Milo. Yeah. Milo. Arrows. Really? <laughs> so you you think your podcast co host is um, the mentally unstable um, character from uh, this episode? That's right. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, right. He's a he's a he's a weight he's a weightlifting clown who is fixated sexually on Julia Louis Dreyfus. I, I don't do, see what I the... do lift weights and I do love Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. And you could possibly describe me as a clown. Yeah, the sad tragic clown like you. Well, I do actually, although only in the loose sense. A- actual clowning, I hate. Mm. 
<laughs> I hate it. There's one exception that proves the rule to this, which is that I love Tom Walker, but everyone else I've ever met who's mm. trained as a clown, I despise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, to be yeah. fair, that's because uh, most of Tom's um, comedy and act uh, comes from him, his hatred of himself as a clown. So, you know, you can kind of get on board. <laughs> there was definitely a thing uh, at university where, like, all the absolute wankiest, poshest people from the comedy circles then went and mm. did the fucking Goliath course in Paris. Oh. And then came back yeah, and right. were like, yeah, it's, like, really transformative. Like, you, like, break down your ego and it really brings your comedy to another level. And then just, like, went back on stage and did, like, another another five-minute bit about bombed. tampons or whatever. <laughs> yeah, just, like, <laughs> what did you learn exactly? I told you how about I told you about how mad I made that little group mm. of Goliath graduates that I met at Edinburgh a couple of years ago. Mm. Goliath is French for goalkeeper. That's right. Thank um, you. <laughs> very good. I would love to hear this story. Personally, um, they were because they, I, I asked how they knew each other and they said that they'd all mm. met at the clown school. Mm. And I said, the, the clown school. And they said, yeah, the clown school. And they all arrived in one and tiny they said, little yeah, car. Goliath's, Goliath's clown school. And I said, I, am I expected not to react to you saying that you all met at clown school? Sure. Because sure. I, I, I want to react to that. <laughs> and they were just like, and they were just like, well, actually, it was a. Uh, it was one of the most like artistically creative and fulfilling times of my life. And I said, oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. That's really cool. That's really cool. Like, I'd love to hear more about it. But like at the end, when, you're de- when they're determining whether or not you've like passed or failed clown school, like how do they do it? Do they have like two pairs of shoes? And like if they give you the big shoes, you know you've passed. And if they're like sad and then like reach out and bring you a pair of normal size shoes, you know you failed. Regular shoes. Um, <laughs> and they were just like, no, no, that's not how it works at all. And I said, oh, okay, okay. Like afterwards, and it, when you're and getting in your like wig, your squirty flower <laughs> and your red nose, you failed clown college. Yeah. <laughs> like afterwards, when you're like getting like a taxi home, do you like have to like request a very very small taxi, um, like for your like celebration afterwards? And they and they they were not enjoying my clown school jibes, like not even not even <sighs> the slightest bit. And like the like the more annoyed they got the mm. more inclined i was to be obnoxious about yeah. it well because it's french clown college right yeah. so um obviously regular clowns they wear white makeup but french clowns um well <laughs> uh joe davola joe is calling jerry he's leaving him an answer phone message and he's making this weird clicking sound with his mouth and he's like i've got a hair on my tongue jerry and you're that hair and then he explains that he's really mad at Jerry for putting the kibosh on his NBC deal. And he's like, I'm going to put the kibosh on you. Um, mm. Which I enjoy the now, concept. This, of is, the is this continuity from a previous episode or yeah. is this a yeah. new character? Okay. No, no, okay. no. no. We've, met, we've met him before. Crazy Joe DeVoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- basically, this guy is like, he's also in the entertainment business. It's not really clear exactly what he does. He's a writer. Right. Okay. And, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and he had a falling out with Kramer. In a previous episode, and which a falling is, out with Jerry as well. But the sort of the falling out with Jerry is kind of like it's it's like transference from his falling out with Kramer. Yeah. Jerry actually hasn't done anything sure. to this guy, but because sure. he's fallen out with Kramer, he's now decided to fall out with Jerry as well, and he's after him. And this has been like a this is a yeah, this is mm-hmm. a running, running thing. Yeah, and he's also mm-hmm. dating Elaine. Um, or like they're just kind of hanging out as friends. Kind of ha- no, 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 no. They're like they're dating. Okay. Mm. They are dating, and they. Just a little bit of backdrop. They had the same psychiatrist who Elaine had an affair with and then broke up with 
And then she got together with the psychiatrist's other patient. And because the psychiatrist was busy having an affair with one of his patients, he neglected to leave him, leave Crazy Joe Devola a prescription. So he is currently off his meds. Elaine's doing Twitter. Right, okay. Yeah. Mm. Fucking your psychiatrist, distract, like distracting him from his other patients. That's, 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 you know, that's standard hot girl shit. Yeah. Um, hot girl shit from the 90s, not hot girl shit now. Can't no. get away with that stuff oh, now. Retro hot girl it's shit. It's retro, retro oh, hot yeah. girl shit. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So Kramer comes in. He's inviting Jerry to the opera. And Jerry's like, why are they singing about everything? Who sings? And then Kramer's like, that's just, just how they talk in Italy. You know, I love that we've been doing this pod for nearly a year now. And you have absolutely steadfastly refused to improve your Seinfeld impression in any way. Like all your other impressions get better and better, but you, but somehow your Jerry it goes backwards. That's <laughs> less the like Jerry him is, than before. I think the Jerry is fine. Initially. The Kramer's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not. I, I refuse to work on the Kramer more than the Jerry. Well, Jerry, it's just kind of funny to do it like this. Yeah, no, I think your. I think potentially your Jerry impression mm. has um, declined as mm. your respect for Jerry Seinfeld has declined. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Okay. I never really had much respect for Jerry Seinfeld, to be honest. Mm. Um, and yet here you are, four yeah. seasons into a podcast exclusively <laughs> about his sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Well, the weird thing about Seinfeld is it sort of feels like Jerry Seinfeld is almost there by mistake. Like yeah. <laughs> the other characters yeah, are yeah. way more interesting. The all, most yeah. of the, like the genius writing is pretty much all Larry David and Larry Charles. Yeah, and then you're kind of like Jerry Seinfeld is just like a guy. So it's it's the Truman <laughs> Show, but a sitcom. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. It's like yes. Jerry Seinfeld doesn't know he's in a show. Yeah. <laughs> and as a result, refuses to act. Yeah. Yeah. Refuses to act. Refuses to behave in, in any way other than. Just responding to situations by saying, what's the deal with that? Exactly. You know, he actually so rarely actually says, what's the deal with such and such. He like, mm. even though it's sort of, it's sort of determined to it be his catchphrase. It to a greater truth. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a, mm. it's like play it again, Sam. Yeah. Which is a. Something that Jerry Seinfeld says quite a lot, yeah. weirdly. He says that yeah, a lot. He... And yet. <laughs> In most episodes, that's how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, on the piano. If there was more slap bass in Casablanca, maybe it would have been more famous. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, yeah, as a result, uh, no, in, in lieu of the slap bass, though, a failure is a film, Casablanca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like more people would have seen Casablanca if they'd put some slap bass in. Oh, absolutely. And that's why it flopped. More people would go to Casablanca if it had slap bass everywhere. Um, Jerry asks Kramer how he got the tickets and he's like, oh, I've got associates. Um, Elaine then comes in. She's trying to get an extra ticket for Joe DeVola. I love that Kramer loves opera. I think that's a a really great Mm. character detail. Yeah, Mm. it's quite believable. Yeah, I think it's believable. Yeah, Um, but she refers to him as her friend Joey. And then uh, Jerry's like mocking her for having a friend, basically. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, you got a friend? Am I going to meet this guy? Like, um... He couldn't know, like uh, misunderstanding this sort of quite basic piece of communication. I refuse to understand <laughs> anything. When he says, "Ah, oh, I finally get to meet your pal Joey," that's supposed to be like sneery because they are dating. That's yeah. why he's called. Yeah. Oh, like oh yeah, your little friend. 
He's he's ribbing her because she's he thinks she's fucking this guy. Yeah, yeah. like he no does, one, he's not no like one making fucks fun of, in Seinfeld. Like everyone he, is just friends with people. He, he's not making fun of her because he thinks that she's made a friend. <laughs> Look, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> that's like something. That's like something our circle of friends would do. Oh, have you got? Have you got another friend from outside the circle? Loser! You like pathetic you, friends. You, met, you met, so, met like met some kind of bloke, have you? Are you trying to hang out with a bloke? Trying to hang out with a bloke, unsupervised. Mm. Mm. Suspect. Disgusting. Sus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and uh, we then cut. We have a, like a cutaway to Joe Devola lifting weights and crying. Milo. Mm-hmm. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Crane- surrounded by pictures of Elaine, mm, but yeah. I, I guess I was watching it on my phone, so I didn't. Was it obvious mm. that he was? Were there pictures of Elaine in that first yeah. shot? I yeah, didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah. Okay, yeah, the right, pictures okay. are kind of like see, scattered on the floor because, mm. like, and it's like, and it's sort of, it's a deliberate, it's a deliberate mm. sight gag because it's a smash cut from her saying he's so like sensible, he's so centered, mm. like he's so normal, mm. and then it mm. smash cuts to him lifting weights and crying, surrounded by pictures yes. of her. Yes, classic. Which we've all been there. We've it's a simple sight there. gag, but it works. Uh, Kramer and Jerry listen to the answer phone message, um, uh, and then and then we have a cutaway to Joe Devoto like burning his hand on a candle and, and cackling. Yeah. Um, then we come back to Jerry, who's more panicking. hot girl shit. Yeah, he wants to he wants to call <laughs> the cops, and then Kramer's like, the cops the cops can't help you. Um, so he decides to. Kramer says A cap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, the NYPD literally A-cap will not Kramer. help you. Yeah, I mean, in, um, in fairness. Yeah, they're pretty. pretty yeah, I mean, accurate. Kramer's right on this one. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and this is not the first piece of uh, buried A cap observation in Seinfeld. Just to be, just to be clear, buried A cap, my thrash metal band. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. So Jerry opts to call Joe Devola, and he leaves. A message saying that it's all a big misunderstanding. I personally love to call the guy who wants to murder me and explain that actually it's a big misunderstanding. <laughs> the most Jerry Seinfeld course of action imaginable. I can just talk him out of it. Yeah. If only Reagan had left John Hinckley an answer phone message, <laughs> he'd be alive today. Saying, I'll, <laughs> saying, I'll introduce you to Jodie Foster, but you might have to wait a few years. Yeah, I'm not going to introduce was, you to her now. That's weird, man. That's the irony creepy. was that John Hinckley actually did get JFK. But all people remember him for is the attempt on Reagan. <laughs> people don't remember your successes; they only remember your failures. That is right. Yeah, he was on the grassy knoll, aged like ten, and yet, and yet, everyone just erases that because. Yeah. Because you fuck up one presidential assassination, and then suddenly you're the guy who can't kill a president, even though <laughs> 20 years earlier you killed, yeah. you were the most successful, <laughs> you were the top of the game, yeah. but no he one remembers you at your peak. Yeah, sorry, that's yeah, really terrible. John Wilkes Booth before <laughs> he should have retired. We mm. would have been on Mount Assassination yeah. more. John, John Wilkes Booth, the inventor of the kiosk. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, there is a running joke on this show that people who have a surname that's a thing, we say they invented a similar thing that's not quite that thing. Don't, don't sure, say sure. we. No. Don't say we. You do this. No. I no, don't do this. you do it as well. <laughs> don't pretend that you don't do it because you do. I wonder where the word kiosk comes from. That's a weird word. Kiosk? Yeah. Um, it, like it could be like Finnish or something. It, it does, yeah. Like, or, or it could be one of those like, like kind of 
slightly surprised like kind of hindi loan words like uh, like kind of pucker mm. or something yeah mm. hmm. tell Maybe. you what you carry on i'm gonna look it up yeah the uh the indians actually invented the concept of the kiosk <laughs> that would be you know like sometimes people try and do that where they're trying to like show off how woke they are and they're like well you know like actually arabs invented mm. maths um, and this kind of stuff. It would be very funny to just try and credit Indians with something as primitive as a kiosk, <laughs> like without without Indian culture. Um, I'd like to partake in this, but unfortunately, my producers put the word kiosk on the wall here <laughs> yeah. and words because it's it's actually a slur. So, uh... yeah, the kiosk was actually invented by a racist. It's from Persian. Yeah, oh. it's from Persian oh. and Turkish. Um, Originally meaning uh, meaning a pavilion, the Turkish word uh, kushk. Oh, there you go. Yeah, hmm. there you go. So I was almost right. Hmm. Hmm. I did sort of didn't you say closer finish? geographically than I was. Finish? I didn't say finish. I, I he said finish. Said finish. Oh, okay. I said it. Sorry, I said it. Sa- I said it sounded to me like one of those like su- like surprising like hi- words, like, right, hi- okay. like Hindi loan words. Mm. Um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's from it's from Turkish. It's not from Finnish. Well, there you go. Well, you you went Indo-European and you were right. Yeah, that's right. I went phenoergic and struck out. (laughs) (laughs) Egg on your face. (laughs) Yeah, that is right. See, if you'd gone like just a little bit sideways and gone Latvian, then you're still you're still well within the Indo-European framework. Mm. The Latvians didn't invent anything. Come on, they invented the two the twin horsemen myth. The twin horsemen myth. Yep. Is that a theory of the JFK assassination? It is. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There were two horsemen from two different angles. Um, Right. Uh, Elaine. They also didn't invent it. They just had. They just had one, but it's like mm. it's uh, uh, like proof of Indo-European language, or like it's a, oh, I see. a logical proof. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, welcome to welcome back to Indo-European Corner. Yeah. Uh, where we cover everything basically from uh, D- Dublin all the way over to New Delhi. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's right, Milo. Yeah, within certain north-south boundaries. Right, um, so Elaine goes over to Joe DeVoto's apartment to surprise him and finds all these pictures of herself on the wall. Um, and, then, uh, and then he's like, oh, are you scared? And then she's like, yeah. And he's like, good, fear is our most primal emotion. And then she's like, why do you leave the door open? And he's like, I like to encourage intruders, which is a good line, I think. Would you say fear is our most primal emotion? Because I think it's hunger. I think it's horniness. Okay. Hunger is, yeah, I mean, hunger's got to be up there, right? Got to be up there. Michael, have you got a feeling about this? You're trying to rank fear, horniness, and hunger in terms of the primalness mm. of the emotion. Where do they, where, where do they all rank on um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? <laughs> is a sandwich or a hand job? Which is higher? I don't. I can't remember my sociology. <laughs> yeah, someone wanking you off using two slices of buttered bread. The synthesis. Oh, oh God. That's disgusting. <laughs> hey, don't kink shame Milo. All right. Very specific kink. <laughs> yeah, you've got to use quite a quite a quite a soft white bread though, like a king's mill. You can't say, use anything too, artisan. Yeah, like if it's too coarse, then you're going to cause some cause some granary. Goodness, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to exfoliate the penis. <laughs> no, you don't. I want to keep all my folds. Thank Great you very much. much. <laughs> that is right. Um, don't imply that the folds are just like dry skin. That's like that's horrible. That's really. Wait, did you think I said haunted. folds? Yeah. Oh no, I said folds. Folds. As in, if you're exfoliating, you're getting rid of the folds. Oh. Okay, that's more baroque. I thought you meant yeah. like like the folds of the penis. No, my uh, my penis is that. No, you know what? Actually, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to describe my penis <laughs> on this podcast. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm incredible not going to do your level. Okay. Walk into that trap. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Where am I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this isn't my beautiful house. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my beautiful wife. <laughs> welcome. This to isn't smooth- my folded penis. Welcome to, the sm- <laughs> welcome, welcome to the smooth penis podcast. Yeah, my penis is like a Brompton bike. Um, it actually fo- functions as a full-size penis, but it folds away <laughs> for stowage. But it folds away. Yeah, you can take it on a tube train. <laughs> it folds away and everyone hates it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that, therefore, all the better that you can fold it away. Oh, uh, uh, also, um, uh, oh, fuck. It would be so much better if I knew the reference of this. Um, Peter Gabriel rides one in the film clip to Salisbury Hill. Okay. Oh, does he? <laughs> Huh. Yeah, I didn't realise the Brompton bikes were that old. No, me neither. There's I a, thought they were a relatively new thing. There's like the only, the only Brompton bike fucking... No, is the Brompton bike like the... It's got the little... It's like the British bike, right? With the little wheels and it kind of is... It's all compact. Yeah. yeah. I think you're maybe... Maybe though in what he's riding is a shopper bike, which is like a kind of like older... It's like... It looks a bit similar. Hang on. Let's look at this. Hang on. Let me uh, get up the thing I'm thinking of. Oh, wait. Okay. Sorry, everyone. It wasn't the actual video clip. It's a live recording. Okay. <laughs> ah, I see. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I- I'm seeing oh, the yeah. same video. But yeah, that is a Brompton. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that is a Brompton, all right. Yeah, I was going to say, what, yeah, because the original a- video must be from like the mid 80s. Yeah, that's the only, that when you like said that bike, I was like, why do I know that bike? And it's because I watched that video clip for some reason and was like, that's a weird bike. And then I looked it up and was like, mm. oh, that's just what bikes are in England. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's a small country. Everything's got to be able to fold away. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a car that folds in half. Yeah. Yeah. Very useful. Anyway, uh, your um, dick is a Brompton bike, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Let's um, move on. I did actually basically notice that in Korea where, because there's so little space, uh, like everyone in Seoul has like foam bumpers on their car doors, so you can park really close to each other and just like fucking open your car door into someone else's car to like squeeze out. Well, that's kind of fun. Mm. Yeah, um, that sounds like a surefire way to get kidnapped. What? Have I don't I understand that. Have I misunderstood what you meant? So they put they put like little foam bumpers on the car doors, yeah. so you can you can open the door and push it into like up against someone else's car door without scratching oh, it. Oh, sorry, no, that's not what. That's uh, I misunderstood what you. you. I thought you meant that the only way of getting out of a parked car is to like climb through other cars because they're like so <laughs> close to each other. So everyone has to leave their so, windows down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it would work if you're your size. I don't think it would work if you're my size. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like I'm the one who is like set up ergonomically to survive in this new era. So mm. maybe you should consider being smaller. That is right. Mm. It's true. Maybe you should it's move true. to Korea. Yeah, maybe I should. That's what the film Parasite good. was about. <laughs> a person who nests in your car. Oh, that's nice. That's why he's scowling mm. in the mirror because he's just like, oh, uh, fucking, <laughs> fucking oh, English girl again. in my, my backseat again. Got to kill. Called John Hinckley. I'm over here. See if he can succeed for once. Brompton um, Bikes was founded in 1976. So oh. that's a lot older than I thought. Yeah. Hmm. By Sir Thomas so you Bike. Thought, you thought they were relatively like a, like a 2000s invention or something? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that yeah, was right. sort of when they became prevalent for sure. I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Well, there you go. Um, anyway, uh, so D- Devola invites Elaine into his dark room to see other pictures that he's taken. She's like, I'm a day person. Um I think that's a really good answer because, like, because why would you want to go? Why would you want to go in a dark room? Like, even if, like, even if you're not like 
potentially afraid for your life going in the dark room why mm. would you want to go in someone's dark what to look at pictures possibly of a bloke i'd have a look but i love doohickeys you i'd be like i'd be like oh you love, you love what dervishes things of that nature uh, googles <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly i'd be like oh dark room i wonder what's in there i'll have a look because to this day, I do not understand how developing film photos works. I can actually tell you this. So I'm not going to tell you on mic because it's not a very interesting account. But I actually how do you know get it from the worth. film onto the paper. And it, but this is a discussion for online. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I just don't understand. Um, anyway, so you would go in a dark room, even though there's really nothing in there apart from like the, like the developing fluid and like some trays and maybe like a, a washing line. Sensory deprivation tank. Go in there and. Think about Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I, um, I have a friend who, you know that thing that people sometimes do where they will tell a story that they think is, and in, in telling the story will, will, will completely embarrass themselves in a way they did not ex- intend to do? Yeah. That kind of, so a friend of mine mm. was recently in a sensory deprivation tank. And oh. <laughs> well, that's they, a direction I didn't expect this story <laughs> to go in. <laughs> and they were telling us about it afterwards. And this is like at a dinner party. And they were like, and they were like, because the and they were like mm. quite emphatically explained to everyone because we were like I was like I've never been in one what's it like and they were quite emphatically explained to everyone that because the water is the same temperature as your skin you just have to pee and, mm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like that can't that that's, cannot be how it no, works. That's, that's not that's not right <laughs> that's, that's not and correct they were just floating in piss. <laughs> Yeah, and it, just, it came to pass this person was just floating in their piss for like 90 minutes or whatever it was. And they were like, ah, yes, truly, I won with the earth. Oh, that is incredible. Um, it's like going to get in an your incredible hair. moment of meditation as I, mm. as I lie here in my piss. I've, I've told you my about- salty, salty piss. I've told you about when I was um, stuck in an isolation tank listening to the same Madonna song on repeat for like an hour and a half. Yeah, your Wednesday oh, no. morning routine. Like, it's just, just classic, classic. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of classic me yeah. time. It's c- it's because <laughs> I was I was. No, no, I can feel your power. No, it was no much worse. It was fucking holiday, which oh, to this day I bit, cannot listen to. That's too upbeat for the sensory deprivation. Yes, it is. Um, also, for a song about you know like going away and freedom yeah. and you know being mm. able to travel and whatnot, and then you being stuck there, it's gonna you know yeah. the, the irony yeah, yeah. alone there, there was, would drive you insane. I mean, the you need, the you irony need was or good maybe for the Adele's first. second album, you know. Well, the irony was good for the first maybe three repetitions, but after mm. that, it started to wear a little thin. Uh, yeah, I was on holiday. I was on holiday with my parents, and they'd like sent me to the hotel spa for the day, like just just to get rid of me i suspect just just to, just just for the just for the day just like we don't you want think to they put bricks on top of the tank as well to keep you in there <laughs> yeah. is that a possibility my parents trapped me in an isolation tank mm. but it was a very bourgeois isolation tank so it's fine um <laughs> just a little you know just a little bit of kind of glamorous <laughs> glamorous child abuse it's mm. fine um and uh at the time you could because it was like in the uh, insert era um but you <laughs> can... almost revealed how old she was there you absolutely almost will into never it. ever do it ever yeah. 
So okay. is it was it before or after the invention of Brompton bikes? That'll really help me place it in the <laughs> roughly contemporaneous. Mrs. Brompton in their shed. The Hogs will the never bike. know. Meanwhile, I could I could yeah. be seventeen. I could be sixty. You will never fucking know. Mister <laughs> Mister Brompton in his sensory deprivation tank, imagining a folding bike. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what you what you could do is you could give them uh, if you give the people in reception a CD. And they will mm-hmm. like pipe the music in for you. And at the time, uh, my favorite my favorite album that I was listening to on repeat was uh, Madonna's Greatest Hits, which is called the Immaculate Collection. My favorite Madonna album would have to be Madonna's Greatest That's Hits. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's got all the bangers on it. Oh, it's actually got all the hits on it. Yeah, I'd say it's <laughs> actually you know what? her best it's album. Actually. Like people like make fun of greatest hits albums, but they're called greatest hits for a reason, and it is because they are the greatest and they have the hits. Okay, mm. uh, and so 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 it starts playing. The first track is "Holiday." You know, I'm like I'm having fun in my like you know floating around in my tank, and then uh, and then it finishes and then it starts playing again, and I'm like, huh, oh, oh no, I know what's happened. Someone's pressed the like repeat track thing. Fine, not a problem. It finishes and then again. And I was like, no, 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 no. They've they've put it on repeat for the first track. I'm in here for 90 minutes. I can't listen to this song. I can't listen to this song 30 times. I can't I can't do that. I'm supposed to be relaxing in my tank. What do I do? What do I? And I was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Oh, there'll probably be a way of like muting the music. There was no way of muting the music. And the only thing that I could have done was like press like the kind of the like the kind of the panic button. And I was like, no, that's making too much of a scene. Like I can't like I can't like I don't because I don't know what sound it's going to make. I don't know if it's like like kind of ringing an alarm bell through Mm. like the whole of the hotel. Like someone is trapped in the tank and I can't do that. Like I can't press a panic button for I am listening to the same Madonna song too many times. I Um, I don't know. I think I'd have hit the panic (laughs) button at that point. So, yeah. So I just stayed in there listening to Holiday. Mm. Which I now have like a kind of like strong phobic reaction Pavlovian. to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whenever I, Phoebe hears that song, she turns into a big meringue covered in strawberries. Yeah, I just start pissing everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird. It unlocks your bladder. It does. Yeah, yeah. it's regressible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> do, do, uh, do the, continue, Milo. I'm sorry DLC, for that interjection. The contents of her bladder. Um. Uh. So she's like. Elaine says, you don't seem yourself. And he's like, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? She's like, yeah, good questions. Very uh, existential. <laughs> um, uh, she then explains that she couldn't get the spare tickets. And then he starts going on about how Pagliacci is about the clown who kills his wife. And he's like, do you think I'm a clown, Netta? You've betrayed me with another, haven't you? And she's like, uh, I'm Elaine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she uh, is this what you feel has not dated terribly well? This kind of this portrayal this scene, yeah. of mental illness. This, yeah. Well, I guess this scene because it's quite it's quite um kind of spooky, isn't it? Because yeah. he's it's kind of full on, and then she is, he he kind of lunges towards her and traps her in the room, but then she escapes by like spraying him in the face, mm. and it mm. um like it's skunk. kind of played off as like a jaunty fun thing, mm. but um it it. You know, and I guess she's not injured or anything, so whatever. Yeah. But it, I feel like it, you know, watching it in 2021, I was like, ugh. You, if, you, if this was released today, I think there would be some there would be some tweets about it, I imagine. Oh, I think th- there probably would be. But, like, I mean, oh, for yeah. a network sitcom, there is, like, there's, like, quite a thread of darkness running through yes. the whole, running through the whole thing, which, like, is something that I 
I I like about it. I think is like you can't like you can't believe some of it got past got past the network, mm. um, which yeah. will become more apparent as we yeah the Jewish continue. student radio network who approve all of the sitcoms. <laughs> that's that's right. The sitcom yeah. division. That is. But right. you just can't call yeah. it. You just can't call it Jewish. So you just have to like you just have to beep instead. Yeah, that's right. It's the beep student radio network. That is right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then so then Jerry's on the phone to the police and then he's like, what do you mean you can't do anything? If someone had threatened to kill the president of the United States, you'd investigate. Well, I'm a comedian of the United States. So and I'm think, under just as much pressure. So you think this, these episodes are unplanned, but uh, the reason we brought up John Hinckley in the first place was to mm. tie into mm. that specific joke. Mm, it's all right. very, very well planned. Comedian of the United States is very good. Yeah, you like that? It, yeah, person of color <laughs> voice, comedian of the United States. <laughs> person of comedian. Person of comedian. To clarify, person of color voice is in tone of voice in which you would say the phrase person of color, yeah. not an offensive yeah. I, accent. No, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got I, that. Hopefully our guest got that as well. Yeah. Uh, Context clues. Well, because you weren't doing yeah. a funny accent, so I understood no, that, that I was not being mocked, for example. <laughs> guy, guy who loves doing racist accents, but is so bad at them that no one knows. <laughs> going through his life unchallenged about his Chinese hey guys, accent which just sounds like Korean a Korean people sound a lot like this hey everyone it's <laughs> weird being Korean <laughs> rapturous applause stadium tours they've only ever met second generation immigrants from those countries <laughs> a guy who thinks that they're doing racist accents but they just do like different UK ones oh yeah <laughs> perfect Manchester you know how Indian guys all sound like, hello, boy, you Is that your Welsh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it better. wasn't my Indian. <laughs> to be clear. Yeah, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I and my ancestors yep. appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be well we kiosk. Well, yes. It did. Well, that was kind of the bit I was imagining, like okay. guy who's only ever met a Welsh Indian guy okay, and is therefore sure. like... Okay, and so that's... That's what you think. Crazy how they just sound Welsh. So it's like an inversion of that Michael <laughs> yeah. McIntyre bit. Yes, exactly. Firm, firmly cementing your uh, reputation as the anti-McIntyre. Yeah. It's a drawer that's really easy to open. Um, <laughs> that is the... Yeah, everyone's got that drawer in their bathroom. It's, it's got nothing empty. in it. It's really yeah, it's easy just to open. empty. Because who needs a drawer in their bathroom? What's, what are you going to put in there? Yeah, well, it's because a woman is in charge of it and women like empty drawers. That's true, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh all right, let's, no, let's, keep, let's right. keep it moving because I'm George comes very aware in. of the time. His tuxedo is too small. Um, the last time he wore it was six years ago at Bobby Layton's wedding where apparently he did a very offensive toast. Although very Americanly, what everyone was offended by in his toast was that he swore, mm. which elsewhere in the mm. Anglophone world would just be fine. No one cares. Mm. But Americans mm. are such pearl-clutching weirdos about that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you could get away with swearing at a wedding toast. In like here? Oh, you definitely could. In Australia, you could. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm assuming in Australia. I mean, oh, good I'm, afternoon, I'm, cunts. I'm, 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 I'm assuming there's like swearing <laughs> in the vowels in Australia. <laughs> Do you take, Do you take this, this cunt? <laughs> Do you take this absolute gobshite? <laughs> I tell you, I love this cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. Mm. And words, words to that effect. Words to that effect. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone swear in a wedding speech. In a speech, surely. Maybe not in a toast just because it's too short, but in a speech, definitely. Because, like, 
You think how bawdy British wedding speeches are, especially a best man speech. Yeah, but like I think I think they they keep it euphemistic. Mm. I'm well, I'm willing to be corrected on this. You I don't I don't think I've weddings. I don't think I've ever heard anyone swear in a best man speech. Well, if anyone I've ever lets me like, do a best man speech, then... mm. absolutely not. I was. I, 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 you just like looked at me in a kind of a what? no. Well, I mean, technically, <laughs> I'd have to be maid of honor in that scenario, so yeah. I'm not sure. If I get like if I we're like, really we're really queering the if wedding. If I get if I get married again, <laughs> you are not allowed anywhere near a microphone. That's my promise. <laughs> I once went to a wedding where they, I mean, I'm sure you've been to this as well, where they do the, the open mic. Oh. You, have you been uh, yeah. to these weddings? Yeah. Oh, no. I have. Where, the like, comedian a shop. drunk uncle who's the MC will be like, all right, um, for the next 20 minutes or whatever, anyone who'd like to jump on the mic and say something, you're welcome to. And there's two ways of doing it. And like, the first way is like, it's like a, like a writer's festival Q&A, and people come <laughs> up one by one and line up and say their tawdry thing and then leave. But the better mm. way, I think... And the like the well the more entertaining but much worse way is when they just kind of go back to partying and the DJ just has to fade down the music whenever someone goes to the mic. So for example, people yes. might be dancing to Madonna's Holiday yeah. and then they just got to like fade it down Baby's a bit. He's so crying like, in the know. corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> my so can go like, oh. my hands. make a stop. <laughs> <laughs> my parents have left me. My parents have left me. <laughs> Then someone sort of wanders up to the mic and they've got to tone it down so someone can be like, oh, I met John and <laughs> God, <he's there." laughs> I've never seen it done like that. Fading I've... down bitches ain't shit for someone to go, I just want to exactly. say the bride looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, God. I've never seen it done like that. I've seen a kind of like anyone who wants to say anything like can like come up mm. to the front and do that now. And like everyone mm. who is basically just like just wants the drinking to start. Is like mm. look is like looking daggers at each other. Like I, I swear to no God, do, do not fucking, fucking do not fucking go up there. <laughs> We've sat through fucking forty five minutes of this already. Do not go up there. Nobody fucking says. Anything. Nobody fucking says anything. I hope that's oh. perfectly clear. <laughs> if I don't tell a bawdy story about the bride in the next fifteen minutes, my heart will explode. My heart's gonna explode anyway. Yeah, I'm your alcoholic uncle. <laughs> I've got about four years to live. Crank colon Hang on, the is wedding. The bit you guys are doing now, um, the movie, the adrenaline movie. Yeah. But instead yep. of him having to do adrenaline things, it's he's got to tell um, naughty <laughs> stories at a wedding. That's is right. Is that the bit? Yeah, that's the bit. Okay, yeah. good to know. Yeah. Crank is <laughs> that the movie? Crank. Yeah, he's got to right. keep doing fury, like furious research about brides and what bawdy <laughs> stories there might be about them in order to keep Lefty. himself alive. Jason Statham googling best man speech ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Googling, um, yeah, like um, icebreaker jokes to start at wedding speech. Listen, Cupcake, when you've spent as much time on Elizabeth Taylor's Wikipedia page as I have, you learn a few (laughs) things. Fornication. Fornication is this one. Yeah, that's right. Now I've got your attention. Mm. Et cetera. Exactly. Um, That's what my (laughs) ex-husband's best man opened his his speech with. What, the word fornication? That's right. Great. Yeah. Sounds like Oof. a keeper. That's not why we're divorced, but it didn't help. No. <laughs> because you were so attracted to the best man after that speech, yeah. Yeah, you left right. your um, ex-husband. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You were like, yeah. <laughs> that's who I'm talking about Finally, getting married to. someone who knows what fornication is. All right, let's go. Would you <laughs> like to fornicate? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so then he's explaining that the, the, the father of the bride threw him out of the wedding, like, in a headlock. That's um, funny. That's yeah. that's funny. That was a funny. That was a funny pullback and reveal. I thought because yeah, like, he was like, "You didn't have to put me in a headlock," and I was like, "I chuckled at that." Like yeah. honestly, like any any kind of drama at a wedding is automatically funny. Like people who are upset in formal wear, it's just 
it just adds a kind of mm. it adds a piquancy, I think. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um so uh he reveals that Susan's not coming and also that she didn't pay for her ticket. And then he's complaining that she never pays for anything. He's like, I I just like her to reach for the check. Just a reach. I think mm. he's right. Mm. I think it's not nice to do the reach. I mean, again, mm. maybe it's very it's a very kind of uh mid nineties relic observation mm. that women just wouldn't even reach for the bill. Depends on the women. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, but it's Susan's but, but Susan is supposed outdated. to be rich. She has a network. No, but sometimes exec that's exactly job. the kind of woman who wouldn't reach for the bill. Okay. It's not about the money. <laughs> we're, we're back to Milo's uh, horrible women's scrap of paper, <laughs> I see. The, the female <laughs> phrenology corner. Where we're spelling phrenology with an F. I see. For female. <laughs> yep. Um, Do you have uh, are those calipers in your hand? <laughs> you? Yeah, I, I've had. I've had you, me- you use them to measure um, titty size. That's right. Yeah, the titty calipers. You know, you can get like now, like kind of sort of cutesy calipers, like like you know, like kind of furry oh, handcuffs. No. You can get like kind of like rose gold oh, no. calipers. Oh, and- yeah, it's like if you're on if Instagram, he's having your skull measured by a professor. Yeah, <laughs> influencers selling calipers. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've had Russian girls who I wasn't even on a date with, like who I was just hanging out with or having like a meeting with or something. Something like do the like like pushing the bill over to me thing, and I'm like, even if we were on a date right now, that would be like moderately annoying behavior. But like, since we're not on a date, does that work on you? Can I can I try and pull that on you? <laughs> <laughs> I try and pull the bills. I think on one on occasion you? I did just pay it out of embarrassment <laughs> because it was like under a tenner. It was like coffee or something. <laughs> and like whilst I was quite offended by the way it had been done, I was yeah. like, you know what? I can't be bothered to have this discussion. Um, yeah. Play. It was a physical push. It, yeah, no, was not a fan of that. Michael, have you got a view on the on the on the bill reaching? Do you think that's like? Do you think that's nice, or would you take that as like um, a, a comment on in, your ability to provide? I guess how fragile no one, is your masculinity, Michael? What are we talking? <laughs> no one who's ever been on a date with me has ever left that date thinking that I would be a provider. Okay. I don't think I give off that mm. vibe. I don't think that those expectations are there. Um, but I feel like. I don't know what I don't know actually know what like um like uh bill culture is like in the UK but in Australia I don't know in Australia you just every like, like you just go and you pay for the thing that you got mm. like it, mm. it it it's it's not really a um yeah because I know in America it's very much they'll only take one card and whatever but mm. uh, here mm. you just sort of like just tell them what you know they remember what you've got and you just yeah pay for that thing really yeah we're big bill splitters as a people I think. Uh, Kramer comes in and he's just dressed normally. And then Jerry is like, why are we dressed like this and you're just dressed normal? You said people dress up to go to the opera. And he's like, oh, yeah, people do. I don't. Lovely. Classic Kramer. Classic Kramer. Kramer. Mm. You ever been to the opera? No, and I never will. Michael? You refuse to go to the opera. Uh, I've been a couple of times. Uh, I played a lot of classical music as a kid Mm -hmm. uh, on account of the, you know, tiger parenting, et cetera. So Mm. I sort of engaged with it as a- Both your parents are tigers? Yes, I was raised. I'm I'm Mowgli from the Jungle Book. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My mum is uh, Shere Khan, I think the name is. Um, well, he's under our roof. He's Tiger. What he does after <laughs> that is up to him. Uh, yeah, no. So I've 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 been uh, opera adjacent as a child and a teen. Opera adjacent, uh, but okay. Yeah, I I've been to the opera once as an adult, and I. Really wanted to enjoy it, but I found it um, very impressive and yet still very boring. Mm. Um, yeah, that was how I felt uh, about the Bolshoi Ballet in Moscow. I'm like, oh wow, this is like really like it's a grand you scale. You saw the Bolshoi 
And this is so wasted on you as well because you don't know what you're looking the at. The thing is, I think I would have enjoyed it more if it had been like a traditional one with all the costumes and yeah. there. But I saw like a modern one and it was like, yeah, this is just like... This is like they started um, by saying this is this ain't your granddaddy's ballet. Yeah, <laughs> this is like shot guns in the air. Yeah, like the kind of contemporary dance show you might see at like a my where, name is the Bolshoi and I'm here to say yeah, a liminal warehouse <laughs> space in Deptford, but like it just in a really nice theatre. I love this shit as well, you know. So mm. that, you're not gonna you're not yeah. gonna put me off the idea of People the Bolshoi doing contemporary ballet. In you know. you're doing like the mutting about. Yeah, <laughs> your shoes off. Get up on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy. That is right. Have you ever seen a foot that has danced for years in point shoes? Grim, I would imagine. It's one of, it's genuinely one of the most horrifying things. It's like not kind one of, for it, your it only fans. turns your feet into kind of like eldritch beasts. Eldritch Ugh. beasts, cloven hoofs. Yeah, yeah no, no, pretty much because you have to get like really really bad calluses. Like I've got really bad calluses on like my big toes just from like just from like dancing on sprung floors, just for like just dance from class. Around. Yeah, just from just from doing my scuttling. Yeah, having <laughs> a little scuttle. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd love to see the Bolshoi, so I don't feel yeah. sorry for you there. We had a couple of uh, friends in Moscow who are like best friends from childhood because they'd grown up in the same building because both of their mothers were dancers in the Bolshoi ballet, and they'd all been given apartments in one building. Outrageously hot mums. Unreal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Just, just to just to bring it <laughs> to back fair, to one like of my the, interests, like the, like, the, like, the, like the ballet milf is definitely like that's an ultra milf. Yeah, because generally speaking, the milf is a very rare breed in Russia. That's mm. not a, that's not a genre of woman who ages well. But, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, Russian women tend to be like it's like this weird thing where that people overegg how hot Russian women are because they'll be like, oh, they're the hottest women in the world. It's like no, they have some women who are extremely hot. They also have most women who look normal, right? But then by mm. age fifty, they all look the same. Okay. It's a strange, it's a convergence. Well, <laughs> Have you got any more commentary on, <laughs> on this? It's phrenology with an F corner. <laughs> Female phenotypes around the world. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think we're you done. have a. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing from the Russian talk that you have some sort of Ru- Russian cultural heritage or something, um, or alternatively, because if you don't, I would like you to do um, like Turkish and um, Ukrainian women as well next, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I lived in Russia for for a while. Um, right, U- Ukrainian okay. women definitely hotter. Milo, we are absolutely not doing this. We are not doing this. I want to be clear. I thought it was clear. I was being ironic. <laughs> Turkish, I'm not touching. We're not We're not Michael. going down that route. <laughs> Michael. No expertise. No expertise whatsoever in that regard. Michael, would you like to interject and do something about this? Um, yeah. Because <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm it. technically a guest and you failed to control me. Um... Right. Anyway, we've got the spray bottle out. It's all fine. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, George insists Maybe that Jerry... horniness is the most primal of human emotions. Mm. Mm. Uh, to their own. Yeah. George their insists own. that Jerry has to stay in the tuxedo because he's uncomfortable, so Jerry should also have to be uncomfortable, and that's what being He's right. Is. No, no, this is, this mm. is true. You don't, you don't let your boy go to the opera in a dinner jacket mm. if he's the only one in a dinner jacket. Yeah. You don't pull mm. that shit. No. Uh, mm. Kramer convinces George they should scalp the spare tickets. To make the money back. Mm-hmm. Um, we then cut to Joe Devola, who's dressing as a clown, mm-hmm. um, as he does on most evenings. I like the idea that Joe Devola is treating like the whole thing like a kind of secret cinema. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he dressing as a clown? It doesn't make any sense. Has the cursed institution of the secret cinema made it to Australia? Uh, no, but I've seen. I've. I. I don't think. I, I, it hasn't, but I know what it is. 
Yeah. Okay. The fact that they did a Lawrence of Arabia one in Kabul absolutely sent me. Oh no, they didn't. Did oh, they yeah. just? That's, they did. Oh, that that feels like that feels like a misjudgment. Yeah. Imagine being like escorted by hardened SAS psychos through the streets of Kabul as you're dressed of Lawrence of Arabia to go to the secret <laughs> cinema. That feels an awful lot like when I went to a Halloween party in the first year with someone I didn't know very well from my halls and mm. he appeared dressed as Osama bin Laden. I was like, I am not walking through walking through the streets with you dressed like that. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, Are you a joking respectful me? Commemorative <laughs> Osama bin Laden costume, RIP. He wanted to like, we would ha- we were having to like walk through like Selyok, which is mm. a which is a area of Birmingham with a very, very high Muslim population. Mm. And I was just like, was this person? Not. Was this person white? Oh or yeah, were they... yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, he was, he was white. I was like, I'm, abs- <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm absolutely not walking with you like this. Not, a, not a fucking chance. In all fairness to him, he had not, uh, he had not adjusted the color of his skin in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, hey, so again, he, a low so bar. It's a a low bar. adjusting the color in the skin. <laughs> Remember, this is university in the UK. Can you imagine sure, okay. the level of? <laughs> cursedness that we are that we're dealing with um so yeah it's a low bar but in all fairness he did mm. not do that but yeah i was like i am not walking with you and he's like it's, it's fine cosplay. he said it's fine who's gonna say anything and i was like i don't care if they say anything i'm still not what no you you walk maybe 10 feet behind me let's invert the whole process this woman's I'm not being walking behind you. By <laughs> that's somehow weird <laughs> this tiny woman is being stalked by osama bin Laden. Yeah. Was he big enough to carry it off? Though? I mean, Osama bin Laden was massive. Yeah, he was really tall. Oh, okay. I don't think that's why he went with the costume, yeah. but he was very he wasn't tall. tall face. Which, who's a famously tall man? Mm. Mm. OSB. <laughs> yeah. OSB. Yeah. Big guy. The big guy. Yeah. yeah. Big fella. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's wow. why he had to sit cross-legged, because otherwise, like, because he just had such a long back, and it would just, like, cause a lot of harm Osama to Osama bin Laden actually had huge tits, which gave him a lot of back problems. <laughs> <laughs> had to get bras yeah, do a lot made. of focus on his hip opening yeah that is right mm-hmm. um uh, uh jerry and elaine are outside the opera she's explaining that her friend joey's crazy and to get away she had to spray him in the eyes with cherry banaca i don't know what banaca is it's a breath freshener spray oh i see okay good to know good to um, know i didn't know that either mm-hmm. uh, jerry drops a quarter that he was flipping and a guy picks it up and insists that it's his and then jerry tears up a dollar to insist that he doesn't care about money um I just interject here and say that there's a very fun, and I don't know why it's there, but there's a very funny uh, little kind of Easter egg where there's a member of the of the queue who's like waiting to get in, who mm. like is like eavesdropping on everything that is going on with Jerry and Elaine and and you know the whole mm. gang, and he keeps like looking at them and grinning, and he, it's like he's like someone who is there on this show he's because he's won a contest. Yeah, yeah, that's what like that's what it's like. It's like he's yeah, it's like I he's like kind Jerry. of won. Yeah, it's like he's won some kind of <laughs> Beyond Seinfeld competition. He doesn't know how to like arrange his face and keep it like mm. and keep it level. So he's just like grinning and like looking over his shoulder and being like, "Ha ha, look at that! Look at what's going on over here! Oh, it looks like some real fun's mm. going down behind me." Mm. And yeah, and I just I I had never no mm. I've seen this episode so many times and i've never noticed There's it until i was watching it new. last night yeah always something new yeah it's like reading dostoyevsky that's right um horrible uh what I, what I enjoyed about this was that it takes ages in the end jerry manages to like convince the the 
dollar guy to like go away yeah. by just sort of mm. like mildly threatening him. And he's like, I like this opera crowd. It makes me feel tough. Yeah. Um, and I related to that so much because when like at, at Cambridge, like the standard for what could be considered tough was so low <laughs> that if someone was annoying you, you could just get like mildly estuary or like when people would be like, oh. <laughs> it was like having a superpower. If you just had like a slightly regional accent, you could turn on. You could just get anyone to fuck off. Mm. That's yeah. so funny that you have a slightly regional accent because to me you sound basically like the Queen. Oh, this isn't <laughs> like, this isn't it. This isn't it. Oh, okay. I, I, I grew up in Essex, which is like yeah, people talk like that, don't they? Um, and to like your average boarding school posho, that's a very scary voice. Um, right. Okay. Okay. Even though you they all pretend like the to have to it. Yeah, but when they hear it for real, they're like, "Oh, oh I shit. sound like the Queen." I'm not from Essex. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe actually is the Queen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the queen's been I am her second. I am her second form. Uh, mm. I am ready oh, to I be that, unveiled that in February. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very weird way of describing. Yeah, she's going it, isn't into it? a nine B. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. she'll be ready to be unveiled in February. She's starting a podcast. Uh, she's very depressed. <laughs> oh, some, I would listen to that. Some personal news. The Queen's in her bedroom. <laughs> Did a thing. Yeah. <laughs> she's starting a podcast and an OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> the Queen and Tom Myers have a podcast together now. Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, hello, have it your grace. That's that was too esoteric a reference. I'm yeah, sorry, I, don't know I shouldn't that, have made I don't know it. What that means? I don't Doesn't think I know matter. who Tom Myers is. If I'm honest, I oh, may okay, have laughed yeah. politely, but it, <laughs> Tom it Myers was lost is like a really, a really bad comedian in the US from Baltimore who's become like ironically famous because there are a number of like well-known American comedians who like came up and like met this guy and like talk about him a lot as being one of the most remarkably right. bad comedians they've ever met. And so now he I kind quick- of has a profile off the back of that. And so, like, people will go and, like, ironically watch his, like, stand-up specials and stuff, which are dreadful. Um, and there's oh. one where he's doing, a, he's doing a special in Haver de Grace, Maryland, which is, like, a tiny town. And, it just, and there's, like, 50 people there, and he just opens with, hello, Haver de Grace. And there's just something just very funny about that. It's like saying <laughs> um, the name of I a Googled- town. Yeah. I Googled Tom Myers, and the person who came up was an author of a book called and the anatomy of trains. And I was like, oh, the Queen started a trains mm. podcast. Has she? This is fine. This is a good bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe there was like a, a famous, um, like, you know, train engineer in the UK. The Queen's had a late, a late autism diagnosis. To be fair, that would be, be- that would be better. Mm. Um, like the-, the Queen and Fred Dibner. Oh, not, don't start talking about Fred Dibner again. World of Her Majesty. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, yeah. no, no, <laughs> no, no more Fred Dibner references. You're on a, you're, you're on, on the notice. Fred Dibner diet. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put you on a Fred Dibner diet. That's why you just get quite fat and wear one of those hats from a train. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just eat a lot on the Fred Dibner diet. It's not really a diet in the traditional sense of okay. the word. Um, right. Uh, Joe Devola as a clown beats up some like street toughs. I love how the street toughs have got a kind of um, a kind of YMCA vibe. Like yeah. one of them's wearing like a little leather hat. Yeah, one of them's dressed mm. as a Native American in a way that hasn't aged well. And because it's a, <laughs> and because it's a network sitcom, like they can't actually be frightening in any way. So they have to say mm. like, "Oh, make me laugh, clown." It's just like, well, you don't have to. Yeah, have to rise to that, do you? Cancelling the village. Yeah, it was a little bit Jets versus Sharks, really. It mm. was a little bit Jets versus Sharks. Mm. Yeah. Um, right, and then we cut to Kramer who's selling tickets. Uh, 
and uh, he negotiates too hard with this buyer. He wants to buy the two for five hundred dollars. Yeah, he calls him a pigeon, then, which yeah. I which I which I've never heard um, as a description for someone off who's trying seed. to. Yeah, off his seed. Mm. Um, and then uh, Jerry and Elaine spot Bobby Layton's father-in-law. He's there. People love the conveniently showing up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, while Madonna's holiday was playing, um, <laughs> and this is when Elaine and Jerry suddenly realise that that they're both dealing with Joe Devola. Yeah, they've not realised this to this point. They're both losing it. Then, then a clown shows up, like a street performer who's dressed the same as Joe Devola, but yeah. is not him. Again, they're startled. Yeah. Not clear. Not mm. really clear. Yeah. Why? George is failing to sell his uh, ticket. Uh, Bobby Layton's father-in-law puts him in a headlock. Yeah, which again is unclear why Bobby Layton's father-in-law goes over. He's not near George, so how why he goes over? Like he wouldn't have seen George from where he was standing, so why he goes over to George is unclear. No, He'd have no, had to have gone looking in case George was there. He's no, he's walking past him and then sees him scalping. And but they're already in the queue. Bobby Layton's father-in-law and his wife. So why would they then wander off? Maybe they've gone to get cigarettes Maybe. or something yeah. or a snack. I've also abbreviated him in my Q. notes to BLFL because it's it's just too much writing out Bobby Layton's father-in-law. You're just calling him Mr. Reitman. Mr. Reitman. For He's not is, a wrongman. That is his name. Um, and then uh, the clown argues with Jerry about not donating for his street performance, which I agree. Street performers can fuck off. Okay. Don't come and perform at me on the street. I am not a consenting member of the audience. Yeah. Like I'm more inclined to give homeless people money if they don't read me a poem. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't want to hear the poem. Okay. That's my that's my (laughs) policy on the poem. I see. Yeah. Don't. um... Michael, have you got a view on this or? Yeah. Um. Hmm. No, I don't. I. I. Well, in I don't know if I imagine Edinburgh would be like this, but at Mm. the Melbourne Comedy Festival. There are a lot of sort of hangers-on to the comedy scene mm. who do street performance. Yeah, and awful human statues. Yeah, that kind of thing. And people sort of and, and like it's sort of like this vibe of like the city comes alive. And mm. most of it is with just yeah, truly egregious, mm. um, annoy, very annoying people. It comes alive in a sort of escape from New York sort of way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. It, it comes alive in the way that like you know. Like in mold comes alive, like it's really, <laughs> but it's not good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I find the idea of dedicating your life to being a human statue very funny because, like, what is the trajectory there? Yeah. What, is, also, your, what is your like, breakthrough as a human statue? Well, you like if you if, <laughs> like, if a you human like statue you get, gets on Letterman, you, you get know? married. You could be like a human statue group. Oh. Like the blue man oh, like group, family. none of them. Move. Yeah, like a kind of family of statues. Going to a three-hour uh-huh. Las Vegas show. It's just three guys who just studiously <laughs> do not move. You can attract the hostile attention of protest movement and get get thrown in a thrown in a dock. Get a bit of publicity oh, that, that way. He'd just been doing it for like hundreds of years. Yeah. And no one. And he was that good. And we lost our best human statue that day. Yeah. <laughs> so when people were like statues of people too, actually, they had a point bit about a guy who is a human statue but is only like only becomes a human statue of like specifically of slavers mm. and is like sort of constantly <laughs> being kind of ch- sort of chased off the street a very post-ironic into the comment. yeah yeah but then most people are just like well who's that who's cecil that rhodes would be, that would be such a win-win like we get rid of the fucking we get rid of the slaver statues and we get rid of the human statues one fell swoop yeah i don't see a problem with this two birds one stone baby um then Jerry does a bit about clowns. 
Throw them all in the throw them all in the river. Let Poseidon sort them out. That's right. <laughs> Does Poseidon do rivers? Yeah, okay. he's all water. Yeah, all all. He's water. all water. Yeah. Yeah, I'd oh. say all water, non-rain category. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like um, I mean, uh, so okay, Phoebe's yeah, bit about what waters are the rivers and what waters are the sea. Oh no, lakes in the sea. That's yeah. It. Any water with any salt in it is the sea. That's any right. water without salt in it is a lake. It's a pond. So that includes like a glass pond. of water. Sorry, a, a glass pond. of water is a pond, and then if you put salt in it, then it's the sea. Wow. It's a hard stance. Wow. And mm. it's not a popular one, but you know, mm. you've got to keep your integrity. That is right. <laughs> the lagoon community are furious with Phoebe. Yeah. Um. So this a is- woman must have a code. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is it is it two good bits in one episode? Because Jerry's like the most difficult part about being a clown must be constantly being referred to as a clown. Like who's that clown? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. I think yeah, I think this is quite good as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Thought it was. Solid. I told you. Oh, yeah, I think the I most difficult, but I, it's like of yes, it, it's observational stand up. But I actually think the most difficult part of a clown is like the 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 being of a clown. You know yeah. what I mean? The being it's of going a clown. to France for three years and being yelled at by an old man. Etc. <laughs> yeah, the big shoes. Can you imagine having being late for a train as a clown? Nightmare. And then, when, and, then when you, and then when you get on the train and it's just mm. crammed with other clowns. Yeah, nightmare. Yeah, yeah. no good. And it's difficult because they're all wearing those massive trousers and shoes, so it's even harder for them all to squeeze in. That's right. Um, Devola comes up to Kramer as a clown to buy a ticket. Uh, Kramer's scared of clowns, it's revealed. And uh, then he goes over to Jerry and Elaine. They smell that he smells of cherry banaka and run off. Um, George sells his ticket just as Susan shows up um, and she's like, oh yeah, the, my friend's plane got delayed so I'm coming after all. And uh, he's just sold, sold his ticket. Uh, so then Jerry and Elaine are trying to get in without their tickets because they're running away from Joe DeVola and Kramer has their tickets. There's like a kind of like sassy gay ticket guy who's um, mm-hmm. like, you're running away Which from Which isn't clown. ideal. I feel, like that, I feel like that's not ideal. Mm. As a, as a sort of aside, it wasn't that hammed up. To be fair, no, but it's like what, what, what's it, what's it there for? Like, it's not especially funny. Like, surely he. Could I think just... in the, I think in like the the nineties though, mm. it's like that weird thing of like how progression, pro- progressive comedy dates worse than like non-progressive comedy. Mm. Oh yeah, non-progressive no, no, comedy. It's like. It, it it's still non-progressive 20 years later or whatever. Yeah. But progressive comedy becomes conservative over time, right? Yeah. So in yeah. like the 90s, even just like illustrating a, you know, a gay man or whatever on television who wasn't like, you know, a, a lecherous threat to your, you know, asshole or whatever mm-hmm. is like, that's progressive in 1998 yeah. or whatever this came out. Yeah. But like, yeah, mm. you know, obviously in retrospect, you're like, nah, you didn't have to do the voice what? necessarily. But like, but like. As we will, as we will see, I think later on in this in this series, they they did actually think about this stuff like quite mm. quite carefully. So mm. it just it feels quite like it feels quite atonal yeah. with like the rest of the show. So there's like there's an there's an episode later on where Jerry and George are mistaken for a gay couple, and it's a it's like it is a very I think it's a very very good episode and. Um, and it like it contains a lot of like mm. like interestingly Born again some for of the a most ne- troubling slash fiction of all time <laughs> again for a network sitcom it it, it contains like mm. quite a lot of like quite a lot of like careful thought about 
about like what it means to be progressive. The fact that there is definitely Jerry and George slash fiction there is, out and there we don't online, need to think about it. Don't, just, don't think about really it. No, don't think about me. it. Don't because because I have insomnia. What if I what if I have no choice other than to go looking for it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Like Kramer, Jerry, and Elaine are sat in the in the in the stalls at the in the theatre. Oh, okay. Sorry, and, I thought yeah, I thought no, you were I thought you were starting fiction. some no, slash fiction. No, no. It's, like the, it's like don't like no. don't like don't like compose no. it in front of me. Yeah, George has sold his ticket to a big fat guy who comes and sits down next to Jerry. Yeah, and then uh, and then Susan comes in and sits down on the other side of the big fat guy, and Jerry's like, "Where is uh, George?" And then she's like, "Oh, he's not coming. You said he was too uncomfortable." And then, uh, and then he's like, "Oh, did you sell your ticket to Kramer?" And then Kramer's like, "Oh yeah, I sold it, sold it to some nut in a clown suit." Shocked faces, cut to a bit. The bit is mm. about the opera. He's you know, like, I, I'm, uh, this isn't a, this does not constitute a spoiler, mm. but that kind of like uh, kind of sort of shock reveal at the end mm. is never resolved. You never mm. find out what happens. No, when, the they, next, when they when they wind the up next sitting episode, next to their, their mad no tormentor at the opera, at um, you will see Devola again, but you do not find out what happened that night at the mm. opera. And I we'll I like that. Speak of it personally. I think that's much better than that being mm. a kind of lead on into the next episode. Yeah. So we close with a bit um, where Jerry is asking, "What is the deal with those binoculars at the opera?" He's like, "How big do these people have to get for you to be able to pick them out?" He's like. They're like they're big fat guys. They're in fucking armor and pointy helmets and stuff. How are you not? Pointy helmets. How are you not seeing these people? <laughs> See, mm. and all the pieces matter. Yeah, uh, which I think is a fair point. Yeah, you can see them. Mm. Yeah, I thought I thought the the stand up bits in this were pretty solid. Yeah, yeah they are. Which is a real rarity solid. and a treat. And there are three bits as, as opposed to the usual two. So there is really, triple bit. He's really spoiling us today. On form. Ambassador Seinfeld. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. At the, the Ferrero Rocher. Yeah. Or the Comedy <laughs> Embassy. That Now, that is going to be a terrible stand-up club that will open in, like, Brussels. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. Oh, and then, like, um, English people or whatever go and do it for other yeah. English-speaking expats or something. Yeah. 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 I feel like insufferable. It's a, real, it's a real thing around Europe where you get all of these kind of, like, Anglo comedians, like, mostly Brits, but to some extent Australians and Americans who, like, live in, like, Berlin or Amsterdam or whatever, and they're, like, a big deal on the local English comedy scene. But also mm. they all kind of suck because there's like no competition and most of the people going there are just being like, oh, it's in English. I'll go to yeah, this. Yeah, there was kind of a, a lovely guy from Australia who was like a computer programmer maybe, I think. Mm. And he moved to Estonia and started a comedy club there. And it was successful enough that he would fly people from Australia to Europe wow. to do his comedy club in Estonia. and. People would. There was like a for for maybe five years. There was like that a kind of a you would do. the kiosk. Yeah, <laughs> but people would we, people would go and do this club just to get to Europe, mm. and then would time it around Edinburgh, and then would like would then just get a train over to to the UK or whatever, and go mm. and do Edinburgh. But this man would have paid for their flights. Uh, it was oh. a real racket. Mm. Um, but in retrospect, mm. but I think um, roundly um, the the standard of comedy there was quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bet. I bet it was not great. In all fairness, the comedy was terrible. Mm. <laughs> not ideal. Yeah. Not ideal at all. Well, well that was that another was episode of Seinfeld. It was. It certainly was. You um, seem defeated at the end of this. I feel like uh, <laughs> you're like, well, that was that. That was that. I feel like uh, yeah, we're done classic. here. Mm. 
We have another episode to record after this, so we're just like, oh, we're my just, goodness. I'm we're sorry, just this has gone for 90 minutes. Shoring oh, yeah. oh, believe me, Michael, oh, that's is, our fault, yeah, not yours. Like, yeah, that's um, absolutely our fault. That's not you. They always go this long. <laughs> yeah. I was about to apologize to you for that, but. Uh, I'm all good. It's still before midnight, so it's still slightly before my bedtime. Lovely. We're always intending to keep these yeah. to an hour, and it never, it never happens. We have, well, like, we rely, we rely on our guests, like, really controlling us. Yeah. And if they're in any way laid back. <laughs> when you come on the podcast, it's your podcast. It is, That's yeah, how this your, podcast It's your works. podcast. And we're and guests we are, who are trying to derail we're you. We're the kind of, like like kind of fruit shoot hopped up children yeah. who are kind of in the background being like, fruit hey, shoot. hey, play, play with us. That's right. So my, my, I, we, we, we don't know each other. Um, we've never met before. Um, <laughs> like I'm back to a magic already trying to we've row back before, from guys. the cancellation already. <laughs> yeah, just like, I don't know these people. <laughs> We're not, not friends. They are nothing um, to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, but um, uh, my day job is I, ha- I have a, a radio show in Australia where we're told that like three minutes is the maximum. It's, it's sort of like the after three minutes, um, people tune out and start start getting annoyed. So you've got to keep all your mm-hmm. talk breaks to three minutes. Mm-hmm. So I've done I don't know like four days worth of radio <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like what is my brain? It's like it's like I feel like I'm in that in a scene in the Matrix, like where like, like bullet time, mm, just like yeah. so like jokes just slowly like <laughs> drifting past me like bullets, and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> three whole minutes, and you've got to fill it without saying any of the words on the big wall. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say kiosk, mate. That's going to piss <laughs> off the Finns. We've warned you before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an- anti-street stall prejudice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the K-slur and it's kiosk. Um, uh, so it remains for us only to thank Michael very much for coming on. Yes. Thank you very um, much, Michael. Thank you very much for having me on this four-day um, radio I've show. I've enjoyed this immensely. Um, I love to make friends all over the world, um, even in... The UK, which frankly is, I think one of, I think we can all agree, one of the worst countries. Oh yeah, with no, some no, of the you, worst no, you people. won't get any argument, um, for, uh, argument from <laughs> us. I mean, like, in all honesty, we live here. We've seen it firsthand. We given, know exactly. Given your, given your documented rule on people from the UK, mm. I was like very flattered that you agreed to uh, that you agreed to come on and speak to <laughs> oh, yeah. us without just yelling, <laughs> without just yeah. yelling UK slurs at us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah. No. On our podcast, uh, "Free to a Good Home," my co-host and I refer to the UK. Oh, well, specifically England as uh, the Isle of Pedophiles. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know how that started. Um, but yeah, uh, accuracy. I is. imagine. To be fair, that is a, that is a cross British Isles problem. Yeah, you can't, even sure. the Irish yeah. Republic, they can't get out of that one. No, they, they can't. No. I'm afraid. They might yeah. like to think that they're not, but they're they're in here with us on that one. I'm afraid. Well, I'm, I'm like I'm willing. I'm willing to go along with the kind of like Scot like Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, not as bad as England in in myriad ways, but. On the mm. on the paedophile front, I'm sorry, we've got, front. Got, them, got them banged to rights as well. Yeah. It's a whole British Isles right. <laughs> malady. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that you know how the Queen um, has like a favourite gin that has a royal seal? Yeah. Is, is there a royal paedophile um, that she yeah, has Prince a seal Andrew. on as well? Oh, sure. It's just it's the one in the we, family. Yeah, we literally, yeah. we literally do <laughs> we have. Literally have a royal. <laughs> we literally do have a Prince Andrew. Is is the is the nonce laureate? He's the. <laughs> He's the symbolic paedophile that, you know, sets the standard for all the other paedophiles in the country. 
pedophile uh, benchmark. Uh, <laughs> legally, we cannot, legally, we cannot say that Prince Andrew is a pedophile. No, no, it is, can't. but it is funny he to say just, that he is. He just likes the young ladies. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's all we are legally allowed to say. The fact that the British press used to call him Randy Andy is so yeah, funny to me. Delightful. Oh, yeah. God. Um, yeah. As awful as the British press are, they do occasionally land one. That's right. But I will um, say he's doing he's doing wonders for stereotypes that all pedophiles are sweaty. You know, because yeah, that's yeah, that's um, he is. Um, as he declares himself, uh, clinically unable to swear. That's yeah, true. Like a he's a, that's true. He's a what? He's a he's a wonderful advocate. He has to pant. <laughs> Prince Andrew That's getting the river panting. to cool off and it then shaking. He's a lich. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's tickled me. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to ask you if you have oh, anything to plug. Thank you all for having me on your plugs free to a good home. Uh, um, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Have well, you, have the you reason why we like, got Michael like on is because Phoebe loves that podcast. I, so. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I do. And I oh, li- really? And I, oh, I listened. I listened to it despite being explicitly banned from listening to it because of being from England. So like, so it the best like, kind. Yeah, exactly. I get a little kind of frisson of rebellion every time. I'm just like, I'm listening. There's nothing they can do to stop me. Um, yeah, it's a podcast where we go, where we, well, similarly, similar to, to your uh, nominal love of Seinfeld, we have a nominal love of um, of classifieds, of, uh, of old Craigslist ads and Gumtree ads and stuff that we would go through. Uh, those are starting to dry up as uh, everything moves to Facebook Marketplace. So now we're just sort of reading out any text on the internet we find and uh, analyzing nice. with our with our um, comedic guests. But um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, free to a good home. Well, you can do Jerry uh, and George slash, slash fiction <laughs> next. Yeah, yeah, potentially. We haven't done slash fiction yet, um, just because it's often too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, it's 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 only a matter of time until we do our first um, erotic tales. The horny fans—they're not concise enough. That's their problem. If they want their slash That's fiction to take up, they've got to keep it to like five hundred words. Pithy, keep it pithy, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's right. His cum was pissy. Anyway, that. look, that's not. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this, we have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for the standard bonus episode once a fortnight. It is $5 a month to get that plus the monthly movie corner and now the all-Australian Twilight miniseries, <laughs> where for some reason we decided it would be funniest to only ask Australian people to watch yeah, Twilight. That's, that is what we've done. So, yeah, do yeah. subscribe to that. And if not, we'll see mm-hmm. you on the free feed in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.